I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I feel like people sometimes think that that's like a more tolerant uh, stance to take of being like, I'm open to everything. It's like, you don't have to be. It's like, yeah. Hey, it's okay to to be be straight. straight. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast of a lady on fire. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Melody Kamali. And I don't know if everyone will get that intro, but... (laughs) I like it. All right. (laughs) And today we're diking out with the lovely Solange Azur about doulas. Solange is a Brooklyn-based comedian and writer and go figure... A doula. That I am. Huh. Full service doula. Yes, yeah. Yes. For everything, abortion, pregnancy, the whole whole okay. run of it. See, we're, I'm already learning that I'm so uneducated <laughs> about this. So this is a very necessary topic to do, I think. I'm, I'm totally clueless going into this, by the way. Oh, yeah, we're I'm very so excited. excited. <laughs> what if I just yes. give you absolutely incorrect information? <laughs> you could. We'll never know. We'll be walking around <laughs> saying nonsense about doulas. Uh, <laughs> a couple of quick announcements. Our next show at Stone. Stonewall is going to be Monday, March 30th, and tickets are going to go on sale later this week. If you're looking for them, you can always find a link on our Instagram or on our website at dykingout slash events. Also, I will be in Anchorage, Alaska doing shows, and we'll have a live diking out recording the first week of April and I'll have to have a guest co-host for that because I can't fit Melody into my carry-on suitcase and Alaska's very far (laughs) but that's like a lot to ask of you to come to Alaska 
Jessica. A bit much last yeah. min, but we are. <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna go to Kalexcon. With Klexicon, you. yeah. We're going to go right? to Klexicon. We'll be there on a panel with Sarah Kennedy from uh, episode numero uno of Diking Out. We're also going to try to put on uh, comedy shows while we're there. And before that... We're going to be in Los Angeles. Yes. We're going to be trying to find all the cast of Generation Q. We're going to the planet. <laughs> yeah. We're going We're going to the planet and then we're going to go to Dana's and we're just going <laughs> to make a scene. <laughs> That's the plan. So keep tabs on us. We'll keep announcing any shows we have going on, whether it's a Diking Out-centric show or if it's just Melody or I doing comedy on other people's shows. But it'll be fun to meet you. We love meeting our uh, West Coast listeners. Quick reminder, if you haven't yet also, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or leave us a positive review on Facebook. It goes a long way to help other people discover the pod, which will further the gay agenda. And isn't that the whole point, Susans? We've been getting so much good feedback about our trauma episode. Yeah, what a doozy of an episode to come in as a new <laughs> co-host on. Yeah. Just really coming in hot for you guys with all the truths and traumas. But yeah, want to make sure you, you bared your, your soul and <laughs> everything super personal just to get it all out there. Yeah, it was kind of my way being like, you know, they can't not like me after I got so vulnerable right away. Right. That was a great strategy. It Worked out really well. I like how I pretend like that's where you got really personal when the episode you originally did was masturbation. That's really true. (laughs) Did you masturbate today, Melanie? Not today. Oh my gosh. Guys. You know, I knew something was different about you. (laughs) (laughs) Full disclosure, um, I have recently doubled my antidepressants, so I don't know if I'm going to be the masturbation queen anymore. Oh, well, it's probably for the best that I stop only talking about you in the context of (laughs) masturbation. So that is fair. Speaking of trauma and trauma-related things, there has been a third person in my, not really person, but in my relationship uh, that's uh, entered entered the scene since the new year. And it is a body pillow that is a panda bear that we've named Bernadette. (laughs) Which I didn't think was going to be a problem, but now I'm starting to get worried that Cecilia likes the body pillow better than me. I got her a body pillow for Christmas because of trauma and PTSD. She has trouble sleeping and she started sleeping a lot better since we started being together. And no surprise to anyone, I'm the big spoon and (laughs) uh, love to be a, a big spoon. But now... It's like this double spoon where I spoon Cecilia and Cecilia spoons this giant panda bear. She keeps saying it's the best gift she's ever gotten in her life. She loves it too much. I know. (laughs) I know. She doesn't realize how this... Today she signed off uh, an email because she had to leave and go out of town and she wrote, already miss you. And then in parentheses, and Bernadette. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made the mistake of naming the panda Bernadette, and mm. now I'm really starting to feel threatened by it. So, uh, you know, I want to mention it because if you have trouble sleeping, sometimes a, a body pillow to hold on to uh, can be 
very comforting, but also, you know, make sure you set some ground rules with your partner don't so that they don't it. feel left out and don't yeah, name it. Yeah, make sure it stays in the bed also. It yeah. Can't, can't, we can't have it at the dinner table. She wanted to bring, yeah. so she's going to. It's going to be a real Lars and the Real Girl situation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> movie. I did, as a joke, put a bra on her for Valentine's Day. Oh, you made her sexy. I did. I set her up in, in the bed. Oh, why am I sharing this? I set her up in the bed uh, with a bra and holding a vibrator and uh, just because I thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, you're into Bernadette a little okay. too. <laughs> oh, God, I hope my mom's not listening. Uh, no, Bernadette is... We, we do not involve her in things. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> that would be crossing the line. But Cecilia did want to take... Bernadette to Peru with her today and I'm like no you absolutely cannot <laughs> it's huge she can't pick she'd it. have to buy another ticket and yeah. get a passport yeah. I, don't think that'd be I know <laughs> Bernadette doesn't have the correct papers no. or immunizations to go to Peru <laughs> not yet it would just be a nightmare I know oh god she's gonna soon there's gonna be like a third like co-host on the podcast and it's going to be Bernadette sitting there silently just watching us um, and nobody will be a guest on it again. Uh, Bernadette anyway. should be at the Stonewall show too. Oh God. Mm, Bernadette <laughs> threw the first break. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's great. Don't give Cecilia ideas, ladies, please. <laughs> and what else is going on? Uh, last night was the Democratic Debate. So now you know when we were recording this, it was before the mm -hmm. Nevada caucus. Did you both watch it? Are you into watching debates, Lunge? No, no I'm not. That's it, okay. But this one was stressful. wild. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did hear. I watched clips afterwards because okay. I like will be on Twitter for the hours sure, afterwards. Sure. Um, and then my roommate had a little screening, and so I just heard a lot of yells. But it seemed. Seems like Bloomberg was just buried yeah. <laughs> alive. He was buried alive, thankfully. Yes, I watched it and yeah. I watched him just get crucified and it was beautiful. Yes, I <laughs> hate Mayor Bloomberg. I don't use that word a lot, but <laughs> I have a lot of hatred for that man and was just hoping that both Sanders and Warren would eat him alive. And in the first minute, Liz Warren says the phrase horse-faced lesbian, which uh, I got really <gasps> turned on. She was quoting, <laughs> quoting stuff Bloomberg. that Bloomberg yeah, Yes, he yeah. said that about the royal family. I literally couldn't identify who he was talking about. Oh my God. I didn't even know the context. I was Me just either. obsessed oh, that no. she no. said the phrase horse face lesbian <laughs> at a debate, I think. Immediately. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> and I just felt really represented. Uh, <laughs> Carolyn changed her Twitter name. This I did. I changed it to <laughs> Carolyn horse faced Bergier or horse face lesbian Bergier. <laughs> I had like nine horse face lesbian tweets. I'm still doing them. You can't stop me. Uh, out of context, I'm sure it seems like I'm a homophobe. Or <laughs> but I got the rainbow flag there, so it's cool. But I know we have international listeners, too, that maybe this isn't as relevant to. And I don't want to be too preachy and, you know, vote for whatever candidate you think would be the best president, but I will tell you it is not Bloomberg. And please, please, please don't vote Bloomberg. And if you don't know why, there are many reasons that you can find, but trust 
three people who live in New York. I mean, you weren't in New York, Melody, when Bloomberg. Were you in New York no. when Bloomberg was um, Kind of. I'm from Yonkers. My dad grew up in okay. Queens, so he was really, you oh. know, he's been through the stop and frisk thing. So yeah. I grew up very. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. So many black people I know who have been like very outspoken about how they would never vote for Bloomberg and nor should they have to. And the choice should never between be between two racist billionaires. But <laughs> stop and frisk. A lot of people have heard about it and might not understand what it actually was. But it was like a terrorist state, like Gestapo level, like people just going about their business, trying to go to work, trying to go to school, people mm-hmm. losing jobs because they were late to work or kids being late to school because police were just throwing them up against the wall and frisking them and roughing them up and unfairly charging them on, you know, marijuana possession and and stupid things like that for zero reason. And the only determining factor was the color of your skin. And it was just like the most insane racist and the numbers on it and it increased 600% under Bloomberg And a lot of people were literally afraid to leave their homes in New York. And that is terrifying. That's terrifying. And this is also a guy who had the laws changed so that he could be mayor an extra term. So that's horrifying. Uh, And then if he gets the nomination, that's kind of the end of democracy. That means (laughs) that the nomination for president can go to the highest bidder And that's horrible. So if all you see are the ads on TV, know that those are lies and he is bad. And that is my rant on Bloomberg. (laughs) If anybody has anything to add here. I mean, just hard agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Co-sign that. I think you. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, won't be mad for whoever you vote for outside of him. I hope it's Bernie or Liz. but, uh. (laughs) But then if he wins the nomination... If he wins the nomination, I think that Bernie or Warren should mount a third party thing because that's not that's not a Democrat. He wasn't yeah. even a Democrat mm-hmm. until two years ago, and that would be mm-hmm. a huge shame. And like I said, I don't think that anyone, especially a black or Latino person, should have to choose between Trump and Bloomberg, and there should be a third choice. And I don't even care if it's Jill Stein. Um <laughs> And don't hit me with emails of like, it's better than Trump because it's, no. it is the death of democracy. Yeah. Which we're already. I was going to say, as There's, if we're yeah. not already. Yeah, yeah, we're already headed there. But, but, there, but there are a lot of great candidates and anybody on that stage other than Bloomberg that night would do a much better job than what's happening mm-hmm. now, without a doubt. And they're all more electable than what we have now. Mm. Anyway. Because uh, all the primaries are coming up, but I, I promise we're not going to turn this into a ranty political podcast. But being queer is being political. Yes. Yes. And you have to vote and you have to participate <laughs> because people are trying to take away our rights and kill us and kill people in our community and make their lives miserable. And that's not exaggerating. That's facts and hate crimes are up and we've got to look out for each other and do our part. So if you have a candidate you feel passionate about, you can phone bank. That's something that now you can do like from home by just going to their website and signing up and making calls. If you live in a state that maybe like their primary is until later and you don't think it's going to matter, you can phone bank in a state that does matter now. There are ways to get involved even if you don't have money. And pivoting from that, presidential nominees makes me think of Cory Booker, which makes me think of Rosario Rosario Dawson, people. Wow. (laughs) Speaking of the community, 
Um, <laughs> didn't she just come out as like LGBT, which well, is uh, kind of sort the acronym? Like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and didn't I read the original Instagram post that I think yeah. this was based on, where she like posted some queer rapper and then like a poem about loving who you are, and people were like, "Are you queer?" Yeah, and and then the out article came out yesterday, and she yeah. said, "Not no." Yeah, she said she was kind of, um, that original post was her expressing that she is an ally, but she had used the word fellow LGBT <gasps> when she used, yeah, <laughs> but then had used this opportunity to formally now, like yesterday, come yeah. out yeah, as a member of the community. Because she said, I wasn't coming out then, but I guess now I am. Or yeah, but like, I guess like I, I sort of am now. Yeah. <sighs> Which I, not even the Instagram post, I thought that she was queer because she was with Cory Booker and I thought it was a beard mm-hmm. on beard situation. I thought and she was queer because she was in Rent, honest. Like, just that's subliminally, too. like, always just assume. <laughs> she does have some queer <laughs> energy to her, but she said she's never been in a, in a same-sex relationship right. or mm-hmm. any type of relationship that you might describe as being queer. Mm-hmm. So there was an article in The Daily Beast, was it? Yeah. That was about Rosario Dawson and, I hope I'm saying it right, Jamila Jamil? Yes. Yeah. You know, you see all these names. If you don't watch TV anymore, it's really hard to know how to pronounce <laughs> common knowledge things. But I kind of thought she was queer because she she did have like a rainbow next to her name on Twitter, which is pretty much the right. signal, right? <laughs> that that you're queer. Like why else? Unless you're like Mariah Carey, who's just like butterfly rainbows, you know, for the past 40 years. But <laughs> yeah. when she had that, I was like, I just kind of assumed that, oh, she's bisexual or something and then she was cast to be a judge on this ballroom voguing show that's coming out on HBO called Legendary and then she got a lot of slack for that because they're like why would you put a straight woman in there and then she was like well I guess I have to like I guess you guys didn't say pick it. up on the rainbow <laughs> yeah. on my Twitter so yeah <laughs> and then a lot of people are mad because she's in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex which like if you're bisexual sometimes that is the case so Jamila Jamila she's dating James Blake and a lot of people were like oh you're coming out it's queer but you're dating guy and it's like well that can also be true but the Daily Beast article was like these coming outs kind of ring hollow because it's like around the time that they're promoting right. their own projects and it's something that grabs headlines and mm. I don't know it's it's very complicated because on one hand I get that critique because it's like okay the Rosario Dawson one is kind of vague. And then you have people like Susan Sarandon at one point was like, oh, I'm open to to dating anyone once she became single. I'm like, I guess you could say that like in, in theory, but like, I don't know. You yeah. know, I feel like I feel like people sometimes think that that's like a more tolerant uh, right. stance to take of being like, I'm open to everything. It's like you don't have to be. It's like, yeah. okay. it's OK to, to be, be straight. straight. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but <laughs> but it is OK to be straight. You don't have to be. I mean, that's awesome if you are open to, to everybody. But I feel like sometimes people just feel like. 
it's like really passe yeah. now yeah. to yeah, be yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody should throw a straight pride. Just kidding. <laughs> Remember that? Someone did. Okay. Oh, yeah, I saw that footage. <laughs> was it just like one guy with a bottle of like all-in-one shampoo and conditioner? Just like <laughs> It was a lot of guys. Like was that. it? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to have them in the community. Um, mm. I would love if Rosario and Cory Booker had a joint coming out party. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's also key too is like I feel like so much of like and especially like as a bi person who right now in a relationship with a man like I think also a lot of my queerness has just come from like the ways that I give back to the community things that the community has done for me and I feel like oftentimes celebrities and not to say that like you can't be queer and be separate from communities not everyone has access to it but I feel like when you're in a position of power like that I'm like okay well what are you doing for us like who is your community right right I feel like that's where some of the frustration comes in yeah it's it's such a hard thing to you know if, if you're not that person like one we don't know how Rosario or Jamila like really feel or like what goes on and in their minds but yeah it's very hard to when you're like in the public eye also being afraid to take up space in a community it's kind of like a catch-22 of like Mm. they're so afraid of like taking up space but like because they're not like immersing themselves in the community then we're like well who are you to be (laughs) saying that you can be part of the the acronym yeah yeah because it's also like right now especially when i'm out with Alex, my partner, like, sure. I'm perceived as straight and, like, there are a whole bunch of privileges that come with that. At the same time, like, I, I think, it, well, now I present a little bit more queer than I have in the past. But, yeah, I don't know. I think there is something to be said about just, like, the way that you're taking up space and, like, I think it's always important to be centering the most vulnerable people. And, yeah. And, yeah. I don't know when you're a celebrity who has so much access and resources and power. Like, I feel like it'd be one thing if, like, Jamila Jamila came out and was like, yeah, I'm queer and also, like, queerness has been a big part of my life and like here are the ways that like it's served me and here are the ways I'm going to serve the community that'd be awesome yeah yeah I feel like it gets sus when it's like are you doing this for clout yeah it's so hard and and also like you said there are a lot of queer people who aren't involved with the community for one reason or another you know you take someone maybe like and I don't know what he's been up to his whole life but Pete Buttigieg who (laughs) who, you know he's like pretty straight passing and there was like a whole thing where he didn't do a fundraiser oh um, yeah and Providence because there was a poll for like pole dancing at this gay bar and then so he wouldn't do a fundraiser there and so he seems like maybe some maybe does have gay friends but like let's say he didn't you know that's his prerogative you know, that doesn't make him necessarily like less gay or anything. But then <laughs> but then you get to this point where like, OK, you're a celebrity. We've never heard of you dating a woman. You're currently with a man. And we're like, prove yourself. Go through the gauntlet mm-hmm. of queerness and like produce yeah. receipts. And we can't help but comment on it, though, because we're starved for <laughs> give us knowing who else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a fun morning today. I spent it in a sperm bank. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I went to cash some checks. Um, no. <laughs> I So I've mentioned before that my wife and I are in the process, and this will ease us into our topic. We're in the process of starting like fertility treatments and all of that, and we're using a directed donor. So that means it's somebody mm-hmm. we know we're not 
getting anonymous donor sperm vials mm. that are purchased or whatever. We wanted to be able to point and say, yeah, it's him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was some paperwork that had to be filled out and it was just like easier if you signed it in front of them instead of having to get it notarized. So I met my friend there this morning and us sitting there just filling out paperwork knowing that he was just going to go in a room 10 feet away and jerk off yeah. soon was uh, made for some fun jokes and <laughs> like cool cool yeah nothing weird about this nothing mm. at all weird <laughs> about this just, just a casual hang yeah um, joking about how the magazines in the waiting room were very tame <laughs> <laughs> thought it would at least be Maxim or something you know to, yeah. to ease you in it was like interior decoration it was like Hallmarks that's yeah. the opposite no wait well, not Hallmarks what is it? Highlights. Highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Highlights mag. That'd be amazing. Oh. <laughs> like old readers digest. They were probably like from the 80s. This place was, it was also like in a brownstone. So you walked Whoa. up to it and you're like, wow, I wonder if people like live upstairs. <gasps> and then there's just people like strangers just coming in and out to deposit jizz. Oh my God. What's the opposite day of a in ghost? And day out. Yeah, it feels right? like that's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a pheromone yeah. spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. We've been talking about it for a while and it's like a very long kind of process once you get all your ducks and ovaries mm -hmm. and semens in a row and pull the trigger on it and <laughs> We're going to have to start getting the shots soon because we're both going through IVF. So they're going to harvest our eggs around the same time because our cycles are a little bit different. Mm. So you pump yourself full of hormones and you have to inject yourself with shots every day for like two weeks or so. But it's it's a lot. Like the list yeah. of medications is insane. And also Amy Schumer has been posting about her experience with IVF and it seems terrifying. And they, it was like they took 36 eggs from her, 27 or something fertilized. And then there was only one right. viable embryo out of all of that. And I guess Cecilia and I are lucky because there's like two of us. So we're working mm. with four ovaries. But mm. at the same time, you know, we're we're both in our 30s and I've had like endometriosis mm. since I was diagnosed when I was 12 and have been on birth control my whole life. So like I have no idea what yeah. it's. Yeah. The hormones are going to be while we're in L.A., right? So. Uh, no, no. It's going to be before we go. Okay. So <laughs> if the next few episodes of Diking Out are just me crying into the <laughs> microphone or uh, being very emotional, that's that's why. <laughs> like, I think one of them said, like, HGH. I'm like, isn't that what baseball players take to hit home runs? Like, am I going to be, like, flipping tables? <laughs> like, I have no idea. I, I can't no wait idea. to watch and see if there's any shift in your yeah. mood or behavior. Oh, well, and yeah. also the fact that we're doing it both at the same time. Because a lot of people, so as... A lesbian, you get like, oh, are you both going to get pregnant at the same time? You're like, no, that's like an awful idea. But we're both going on heavy doses of hormones at the same time, which sounds equally awful. But we just need get to get those with. eggs out of our bodies. Yeah. Just gotta, and I hate the word harvest. It's like they're Ooh, yeah, harvesting yeah, eggs. Yeah, yeah. 
Man, I feel so immature. Like, I'm like, oh, this is such grown up speak, but I'm not that much younger. You know, <laughs> like, once you... Should I be thinking about this? Like, Wait till your second marriage. Okay. And then you'll be like, okay, I really should get moving on this. <laughs> so you're a doula. How did you... First tell us what a doula is yeah. and then tell us how you got into this line of work. Yeah, for sure. So a doula is like essentially like a birth advocate or birth support person. And there are so many different types of doulas. Like I said, like I'm a full spectrum doula, which usually means like I cover abortion, birth and postpartum doula. And I can like talk about what those different things mean. But they're also like sexuality doulas and fertility doulas and sexuality doulas. Yeah, is that what Rosario Dawson means? Yes, <laughs> that's it. So, like, that's what the world needs, yeah. honestly. Yeah, they're so cool. They're, I mean, I've seen. Yeah, I want to get trained to be a sexuality doula so bad. I feel like I first have to figure out like my own sexuality a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's always changing. Yeah, I think they just like help you get in touch with like yourself, your wants, your needs, figure out like where your desire comes from, how to talk about sex and feel sex. They, yeah, it seems amazing. Oh, but then they're also like the doula who trained me was an end of life doula as well as like a full spectrum doula, which, yeah, that's another thing that I feel like is definitely something I'm like, Ooh, that'd be very hard and cool to do. Um, so does the word doula translate to like, yeah. like helper or it's kind of tricky it apparently in ancient greek means slave so that's you know a complicated history especially oh. like as a yeah black tool i think the word <laughs> has evolved a lot and wow um, yeah yeah i had no i you know it's probably Same. good that they don't have that in the advertising <laughs> right <they're> like, <laughs> in parentheses yeah like the job function is very different but i think yes. at the time that like when doulas were like, but also like doulas have existed in so many different cultures and have different words for them. This is just like the the word that has made it to like what it looks like right now in this okay. context. But yeah, I think like in ancient Greek, it was just like a mate, like someone who's like by your side all the time. Yeah. Possibly through, I can't really remember, but mm. yeah. Because it sounds kind of like <laughs> mythical. Doesn't yeah. it? It sounds yeah. really magical. Yeah. My yeah. sister is very into this stuff too. She does period coaching. <gasps> um, and so she got so excited when she found out I was going to be talking to a doula. I was like, oh my God, where did she get certified? Ancient song. Oh, yeah, um, they're amazing. Yeah, where did you get certified and when? So my senior year of college, um, I like did like I study women, gender and sexuality. And then there's this reproductive justice club on campus and they brought on a doula to give like discounted trainings and doula trainings can be like very expensive sometimes. And so I signed up because at that point I was also doing a lot of work around abortion. And I was like, I feel like it'd be helpful to just like get a better sense of like, what pregnancy is. And then I fell in love with it. And I was like, this is so magical and beautiful. And also like learning a lot about the maternal mortality rate. And I was like, wow, there is a real need here and in this country because uh-huh. it's worse here than in a lot of developed Especially like African-American women, right? Yes. In New York City, it's yes. like the 12 highest. times right. more likely to die in childbirth yeah. than yes. white counterparts, which is crazy. Which, uh, what's her name? Um... Oh, Serena, Serena Williams, Williams yeah. brought a lot of attention to that yes. uh, through unfortunate circumstances. But I feel like I obviously as, as a white woman was like completely oblivious to that until mm-hmm. her story came to light and about how that's been like a common thing for so long of doctors not taking black patients seriously when they talk yeah. about complications or pains or that something's wrong and they yeah. need an advocate. 
Yes, and it's so sad. I mean, a lot of, I think, statistics can sometimes read, when they're racialized, can also read as a little bit more Mm. class-based. And I don't think that that makes it any better or worse. But in this instance, it really, like, is kind of along class lines. And it's so much just about, like, institutional racism. For sure. Which, yeah, is terrible. And it makes it, I I mean, it's like a structural institutional problem. Um, But doulas are, like, a very effective intervention in reducing the rates of maternal mortality and also in needed medical intervention in birth. So yeah, they're I, great. I do want to back up for a second and ask Melody, what is a period code? <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that period doula? It sounds like it's, it's a doula. Um, yeah. It's like a period doula, I think. <laughs> um, she is she, like, she has clients um, and she is really obsessed with period cycles. And I guess like every day of your period means a different thing for your hormones and what mm. you should be eating. Like she knows exactly like it's apparently the period is broken up into four quarters and there's mm. like wine, um, one chocolate. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Except more like creative, (laughs) passive, aggressive. Like there's like different parts of the your cycle where you're a lot more prolific and creative. There's Mm. parts where you're more reserved. There's parts where you should be having more vitamins than others. Like it's a whole thing. And it's a very small community and there's not that much information about it. And actually it's at the point now where Christian groups are like, they're kind of like pretending to be period coaches and, um, but they're actually like backed by a lot of anti-gay, anti-birth control Christian donors. And it's like a whole thing where there's no access to information so much that like groups that are trying to shut down any kind of further access to this information are pretending to be that source of information. Wow. Uh, Specifically, look up this group called FEM. F-E-M-M-E. Yes. So my sister originally, as she was starting out researching, she signed up for their classes and had no idea that it was a totally like Christian bigoted group that was driving their mission through the guise of like educating women about their bodies when really they're just trying to get um, women to not take birth control, to not really seek any kind of like medical intervention. So it was like serendipitous how she found out because she was actually temping for like this big financial district rich investor guy and found out he was investing in femme and she's like oh i do femme <laughs> and then she did more research into him and saw pulled all these pulled quotes on articles about how he's like very anti-gay anti-woman oh. and so now she's um, did she murder him <laughs> i uh, against my wishes no okay. um <laughs> Yeah, she has different clients and tells them what to eat and what to do. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it sounds very much like Gwyneth Paltrow goop level shit. It's goop yes. level. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like goop would be all over period coaching yeah. and about the, the phases of your period and then try to sell you right like corresponding jade eggs or whatever yeah it's i (laughs) love watching her bring it up to people candles that smell like your period (laughs) oh god erica badu we got to get those incense yes 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 yeah i I do think i had like a phase when i was a teenager where i was buying a lot of incense and then it like (laughs) smells really good when it's unlit and then you light it and then it all smells the same yeah. Unless, like, there, there are certain ones that smell different, like a citronelle one or... Ooh, I don't know much about incense, so I'm uh, word for it. But, but, but you're a doula. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. We're all about that the that essential oils and diffusers okay. these days. Uh. <laughs> are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, yeah, back to doula. <laughs> yeah, period doula. I feel like period, yeah. 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 I, I mean, also feel like this is all fascinating, theme... and I feel ashamed that I don't know any of this, but yeah. we're all here to learn. Well, that's the thing. I feel like we're so not encouraged, and in some spaces, like, actively discouraged from ever understanding, like, people with uteruses, like, how it all works and, like, what your vagina does, and so few people know things about, like, menstruation or birth I knew literally nothing about birth and I was like oh my god this is so much more complicated than I thought it would be in a great way but yeah I started following a midwife on uh, Instagram after meeting her she was actually going to start a podcast and asked me to meet for advice and when I was learning about is she uh, the queer midwife she's not a queer midwife Mm -hmm. And she she's based in Buffalo mm. and I'm obsessed with her Instagram and she <laughs> and my friend is basically her birth photographer and uh, photographed her giving birth to her third child and she decided to do the third one all on her own. So like her um, her mom was there and her husband was there and her two kids it? were there, but she caught it and it's these images and it's the most badass thing I've ever seen and it's her on the bed just like on her knees pulling this baby out of her bed wow. and like the fluids and I'm just like, her oh bed. my God. <laughs> yeah. And it did look like a nice duvet. Uh, it looked very yeah. nice. I think she had a tub too, but mm. I don't know at one point if you move from the tub to the bed or what happens. It depends. Yeah. I've seen, I've been to like two births that have incorporated water and one client like gave birth in the water, which yeah. was amazing and then another client like transitioned back to the bed so I feel like it's personal preference yeah yeah here's how ignorant I am when I think doula I just picture a tub (laughs) like it's all like mashed into one visual (laughs) so like there can be a doula in a hospital yeah right like I don't know why I just associate with like a home tub 
birth. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what everyone always is like. The first two questions I get are like, oh, are you a midwife? And I'm like, nope, I'm a doula. And the other question yeah. is like, oh, can you, have you ever been to a hospital? I'm like, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I, explain the difference with, with midwife. Yes. Midwives are like doulas. You get trained, but your training is non-medical. And like, yeah. you have to know about the physiology of birth and you spend a lot of time in like medical settings, but midwives um, they're trained depending on the state are either like certified nurses as well, or just like certified midwives. And yeah, in New York, you have to be a nurse to be a midwife. So, mm -hmm. and they like work in hospitals or outside of hospitals with birth centers and they like know how to like take temperatures for babies and the things that are the delivery parts of it or like yeah. assess when there's like a high risk situation, like things yeah. like that I can't do and should not do. <laughs> yeah. If you don't have a midwife, you can still have a doula. Yes. And if you have a midwife, you can have a, yeah. a doula. And they like work together a yeah. lot. It really depends. You're trained to do so many things like physical supports. So that's like knowing different positions to be in because birthing on your back is like not the best way to birth. And that's yeah. been like something that's been like known for a very long time, but is now like evidence-based. And there's been all this research that's come out lately. That's like, it's actually really bad to be on your back when yeah. you're birthing. So and that's how like, they do it in all hospitals. Yes, because it's like more efficient and more, you know, controlling. Yeah. So yeah, it's so fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So when you're at a hospital and they're doing a birth and someone's on their back, are, can you say like, no, get up and move into this position or like bend over? Yeah, it's like kind of interesting, actually. Uh, most of my births are, I'd say in hospitals, I also am like a community-based doula. So I'm working with clients that are like qualified for Medicaid and WIC. And so a lot of them are birthing in hospital settings. And it really depends on the hospital. Like some hospitals, especially the hospitals that have like high like malpractice things and are, you know, not known for being particularly great to their... Oh, uh, would that yeah. be Woodhull Hospital in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Woodhull's actually not that bad. Okay. Kings <laughs> County? Yeah, I'm putting them on blast. Oh my God. And like, That's I get it. experiences <laughs> at Woodhull. No, yeah. I haven't had a birth at Woodhull yet, but yeah, like... And I think it's like this horrible thing where it's like they're underfunded and they're worried about like they want to do in their mind. They're doing what's best to protect like the hospital and the patients. Like they're like, we don't want you to risk the like client falling down or hurting themselves. But it ends up being like kind of like a police state where it's like they can't just lie. And like, this isn't good either. And mm -hmm. it sucks that like hospitals are so afraid of being sued that they're not even practicing in the way that's like best for the people that they're supposed to be serving. Yeah. So I feel like the doula in that, and sometimes it's like a dicey thing, like sometimes depending on my relationship with the client and like the client's like pregnancy and birth, I'll like, if a nurse leaves or depending on who the nurse is also like, I'll softly encourage them to like turn over or stand up and walk around. And I mean, the worst that they can come in and just be like, you need to stop that, which is, you know, not great because I can get kicked out, I think. Yeah. So it's like a kind of a dance to work with, staff depending on how yeah doula friendly they are and depending on what the rules of the hospital yeah are. have you heard of one being kicked out ever I don't think so I've heard of definitely like there being tiffs and yeah friction yeah a lot of friction and sometimes some hospitals are like more strict and will be like we only like one person in here so if you're a doula and there's like a partner then you're doing like a little rotating thing or if there's somebody else there and some hospitals will be really nice and be like oh the doula yeah of course like go in like we love and welcome doulas here so really varies do you work with both opposite sex and same sex couples? I've only had same sex couples so far, but I've okay. actually only, and I've had a lot of also single parent births too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, there's a lot of really awesome, like there's a strong queer 
doula community here, which yeah. is amazing. Both like doulas who are queer and like doulas who are specifically supporting queer births. From some Googling I've done, I'm like, the doula scene seems very queer. I was like, going to say, the only doulas I know are bisexual. No, no yeah. straight up. Well, I yeah. think it takes a certain level of loving vagina to want like, <laughs> yeah. to be around it that much yeah, and yeah. Like, see it change in all of its forms. Yeah, it's just beautiful. appreciate it. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's like there are two careers that I feel like are inherently super queer and one is like doulas and like midwifery and then the other is stripping yeah yeah but it's like this this level of comfort with the body you Mm. know that I think makes people just more fluid I don't know or attracts like more fluid people (laughs) that they're like I think so yeah I was just wondering just like with opposite sex couples I do believe that there are some great men I also believe that most of them are useless uh, when it comes to supporting a woman during birth (laughs) like just from hearing stories Mm. of people I know even knowing my mom was recently doing the very mom thing of retelling the stories of mine and my sister's births to Cecilia. I in, get that every in year in detail on my I'm, birthday. Right. Yeah. Wow. Right. <laughs> get the rundown. Right. Anyway, I definitely want to hear about both of those. <laughs> uh, well, at one point, my dad, I think for mine, like had a headache or something or I I don't know. He had some like little minor problem. And then the doctor went to my mom and was like, you know, he's feeling better. We got him in a room or he was nauseous or something. I don't know. Oh yeah. My and, dad was put in a room too. Yeah. <laughs> and my fainted. mom was like, fuck him. Oh, my, my mom God. was like, I don't give a shit. I don't care yeah. if his head explodes. Like why is anybody paying attention to him? <laughs> yeah. yeah so don't take up space right now. <laughs> yeah. It's just like the movies, like the dad, like passing out or like unable, <laughs> to handle it. I mean, my dad literally fainted like a movie character. Oh, yeah. And then I came out and it apparently ingested some of my feces during labor because um, mm. it was a very long labor. Mm. So oh. like my mom was in a room, then my dad was in a room and then I was being operated on to get like the poop out of me. Oh <laughs> my God. I didn't even know that was a, I mean, I yeah. know that I know that feces I, are involved, but yeah. um, I, I didn't. I'd yeah. aspirated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you weren't like, mm. Yeah. No, but that was the family yeah, yeah. joke because I was like a chubby kid too. And oh. it's like, oh, Melody was always hungry right <laughs> out. Oh, that's not your fault. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, wow. yeah. Savage. Yeah. Savage. <laughs> no, I feel like that's one of the things that often comes up. I feel like, the, I mean, any partner, it's like so hard to see someone you love in pain and like, like going through something really intense. And I think that's something sure. that not a lot of people anticipate with birth. Like they're like, I've seen partners like opposite sex partners, like come up and be like, I'm so ready to do this. And like, I'm so excited. And then one of the things that I often talk about in like the prenatal ses- sessions is just like, okay, this is going to be really hard in a way that you might not even anticipate. Like you're going to, it's going to be emotional for you to see someone you love or hurt. And then they get there and they're like, Oh my God, this is so sometimes. Yeah. yeah the work is like, you got to go take your time and like breathe. And that's why it can be really nice to have like another support person there, like a doula who can step in. So you're not just leaning on someone who is maybe a bit more fragile than you anticipate. Right. I mean, you know, I I joke about men being useless, but Mm -hmm. I I also know, I mean, obviously I came Mm -hmm. into this knowing very little about like birthing and that stuff. And I guess I could, you know, do research and there are classes and, and whatever. But I, I also know that it's going to be like a very, like, you know, um, my wife's going to try to get pregnant 
first and if it all works out like it's mm-hmm. going to be a very emotional thing it's mm-hmm. there's going to be like a lot going on and I want her to have like the best help and the most support she can have yeah. and I recognize that <laughs> that's might be more than just me <laughs> you know it's so much for one person yeah yeah, yeah. I think you should hire Solange Um, (laughs) you know after because Cecilia was at the we were both on a a comedy show a few weeks ago actually a Glow Butler's comedy show who was on the relationship regrets episode and we were on her her show and then when Solange mentioned that she was a doula uh, Cecilia was like can she be our doula (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah I mean I would love to yeah I'm trying to talk her into you know it's easy because she's again hopefully uh knock on wood gonna be the one getting pregnant trying to talk her into using a midwife and a doula (sighs) instead of going to a hospital and she was like no I think I want to be I'm like no 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 it's like a lot of misconceptions of people thinking like you'd be insane to do it at home. Now I understand maybe if you like live out in the country far from like a (laughs) hospital in case of an emergency or or something like that. The one thing is that she is like in her late thirties. So Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more, I think considered a, what they call a geriatric pregnancy. That's not what point is it geriatric? I think 35, I think over 35 it's geriatric. Yeah. So, uh, but even then, like when you read the stats though, of like how, how quick they are in a hospital to go to, um, a C-section, how much like unnecessary monitoring and and testing and stuff they do that can be kind of traumatic for, for the fetus and for the mom. Yes. So the benefits of having what I've learned through this midwife's Instagram (laughs) uh, is that, yeah, it's like a lot more like how nature intended, I guess, Mm. of, you know, how nature intended. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like having a science project. That's also how nature intended. (laughs) Right. To make this thing. It's going to be like ideally my egg, my friend's sperm being put into her. Yeah. (laughs) Into her uterus. <sighs> At first, I was like, I don't want this kid to be a science project. But now I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, like, off the top of your your head, like, the statistics of, like, how much safer it is? Or mm, you can't, can yeah. you not really make those claims? Like, to hospital birth versus home birth? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't even know if there's, like, research that, like, so... Like, there's some research, and I really should have these stats more, like, memorized, but I know there's research that shows, like, the presence of a doula, like, significantly reduces the chances of C-section or death. Yeah. And I don't know if... There's probably research around midwifery, too. Yeah. But there are also, like... I think if you find the right hospital too and find the right team, is there midwives that work in hospitals and then there are also like hospitals that have like really nice birthing centers and OBGYNs that are doula friendly and are, you know, thinking about these things in a way that's more similar to like how it would look in a, a birthing center or a home birth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can like find an option that works. I yeah. really believe it. Yeah. There's definitely no suggestion that suggests like having a home birth is more dangerous. Right. Because it, if there are complications, like you will, there's still usually an option to go to a hospital yeah. and get to a hospital. Like labor's so long. Labor, yes. <laughs> labor's like a very long thing. It's not like a quick. No, like, it can be like days. Yeah. yeah mine was two days, apparently. Me like, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel well, bad. <laughs> same. Same. Yeah. That's why on people's birthdays, I usually want to like give the mother a gift and that's how like, it should be it, it should. really should be yeah. it should we we do nothing to yeah. no we i don't know. need mother's day yeah. we don't need like one like commercialized like day it should be just whenever 
your birthday is. Yeah. I think you should have to watch your birth every year on your birthday. And <laughs> yes. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I just told Cecilia the other day that I'm going to film the birth and then threaten our kids with ah! making them watch it. If they're ever like very bratty and be like, do you want to see what your mother went through? <laughs> do you want to see? And she's like, you idea. can't do that. I'm like, can't I? <laughs> oh my can't God. I tr- we just had our trauma episode. Uh, <laughs> be funny if you like put it on the Patreon. <laughs> right. Uh, great. I, Melody, this is why you're co-host. I love the way you think. Uh, this is going to be a top tier incentive. We're going to put Cecilia's birth, birth wow. on there. Yes, wow. it's going to be uh, $50 a month. You can see my wife's vaginal canal. What, increments of it? Love. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I recommend my wife's vagina. It's great. <laughs> top tier. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so how long have you been doing doula? Yeah, not so long. How, I got how long have you been doula? That is so the like honestly doulas. the hardest part about doula work is saying doula. I, I still am not sure. I feel like I'm always just like, oh, I went to a birth or I try to avoid saying doula because it's so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I say practicing as a doula. I think that's, doula, yeah, that's better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a doula nemesis? Are, you, are there dueling doulas? Oh my God, what's okay. the scene oh like? Oh my God. That'd be amazing. Yeah, the scene is interesting. That's I a mean, web I'm really series. new. <laughs> Dueling doula. Dang, I gotta write this down. Pitch it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I feel like they're definitely like in the birth work community. There's like you know things that people argue about, but it's a very supportive community. I'd say. I'm also really new to it. Like I've only been practicing. I think for almost a year now, like had my first client, my first birth last March. So it's been really recent. So I'm still like getting a landscape, but I think what's also great about New York city is that there's such a strong, like community-based doula, mm-hmm. like squad here of people who are really in it to be like fighting the system and like being advocates, which is amazing. And it's also like New York city. I'm pretty sure they're the first city in the United States to provide free doulas to vulnerable populations and the doulas get paid. So there's like a lot of institutions support here. Wow. Yeah, or more so than other places. So, which I think, like, makes it easier to, like, create collectives and, like, be out here, like, doing the work and, yeah, advocating on behalf of people who are birthing. If you don't have it covered by insurance, how does that work, like, pricing-wise? Is it, like, (laughs) per per birth? Like, is it a set package, like a wedding planner? Yeah, it is package-based. So, like, I have, like, a doula package that's, like, you know, like I, you get these prenatal visits and like I'm on call and birth and da 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 da. Yeah. And some people like depending on what you're trained in and like what skills you like if you're a prenatal yoga instructor, you can be like, you can add on to my package like a private session, blah, blah, blah. But the cost of doulas and this for a really long time, I, they were considered like luxury goods because they can be really expensive. Like, right. There's a doula, Mama Glow, who like amazing doula has such a great Insta account. But like doula is like doula for what's her name? Ashley Graham, the like plus size model. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. She charges like $25,000 per birth. So it's like okay I know <laughs> right so it will be on Patreon <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but most rules are not not doing that yeah but yeah it can it can get pricey if you yeah are not going through like a program but there are also like a lot of doulas that offer sliding scale which I do but yeah it's it can be expensive yeah but and then some insurances do cover 
doulas. I don't know. Not many. Yeah. I think some do. Okay. Like some insurances will have like home birth. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you and your wives does. I feel like you guys have the best insurance out of everyone. We love insurance. We have very good insurance. Uh, We're very lucky. Yeah. That's, I know. I just described like a very fancy IVF process. And (laughs) it is. And I feel guilty that it's so good because I know how costly and how expensive and Mm. hard and not attainable it is for other people. But Cecilia's job, it covers it totally. IVF for for both of us That's to go nuts. through, um, and it covers wow. like it reimburses the the cost for our like directed donor, and I think I might have read something about a doula, so I'm gonna circle back what? for that, yeah, yeah, yeah that's and look into it. But they're very I, and that's how it should be for for everybody. Everybody yes. should have you know your insurance shouldn't be based on your job. It should be. Everybody has access to yeah, yeah all the amazing all the great things. Care. Yeah, right. I just don't even know. Like, I would have to start a Kickstarter to have a baby. Yes, <laughs> straight. <up. laughs> yeah, I actually Expensive. am writing a, a web series based on that. Really? So have to start yeah. a Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, it's baby. called uh, Indie Goo That ah! oh my god! Oh, that's cute. So I I won a production deal with Telefilms last year, and I'm. Moving very slowly on it because uh, diking out is my my first baby, wow. and that takes priority. But yeah, because it's so expensive, uh, I pitched this idea about a lesbian couple that crowdfunds. Totally, they're relatable. Yeah. Probably been it, done. It has been done. Yeah, I'm it, sure it's, we're like it's crowdfunding thing. Yeah. So much of healthcare right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, disgusting. <laughs> yeah. it's very expensive, and I know New York State will reimburse for IVF mm. up to a certain amount based on your income, which is great. But I know somebody in Florida who had to go through it twice because the first time it didn't work. I, it cost her over $30,000. Yeah. That's Whoa. crazy. Yeah. But then adoption costs like $30,000. Right. So yep. it's just, it's yeah. very expensive to... You know, and then on There's the other side of the scale, you have people that are just like, oops, um, and then getting pregnant very easily <laughs> for free, you know, for free. For free. Yeah. <laughs> not to mention, like, if you're trying to adopt, like, the stigma around, like, there's some adoption agencies that, you know, just won't adopt to queer couples. Right. It's, yeah, it's a right. whole, it's a whole mess. Yeah. When I was talking to some friends who are straight and married and they're going through the adoption process and learning about the process and mm-hmm. how the parents of the child that's up for adoption or just the mother, if the the father isn't in the picture, will watch videos of these couples And then select based on the videos. And I just thought, who's going to (laughs) pick two two women, Mm -hmm. you know, unless it's like a a queer woman who got pregnant that's maybe like, oh, yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. But the chances of of that, you know, who Mm -hmm. knows? Because a lot of times, you know, I mean, maybe I'm off about this, but I would say that people who don't terminate the pregnancy – and give their babies up for adoption, a lot of them tend to be religious and are probably not mm-hmm. going to be giving it to a lesbian couple, <laughs> yeah, is, is my hunch. Fair. So speaking of terminating pregnancies, so <laughs> a, abortion doula, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so there are a lot of different 
ways to be abortion doula. There's this amazing group here called the Doula Project. And yes, I've heard yes, of the Doula yeah. Project. So they train and provide abortion doulas. They're very queer. They're very queer. Yeah, yes. they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a, a doula with the Doula Project, but I have a friend who is. And I think their abortion doula work, I know like I, they work with clinics and sometimes the abortion doula work is like, I mean, kind of the same like emotional and physical support where you're there like maybe escorting them, holding their hand or even like holding up legs, like things like that, depending on what the client and what the provider needs. For me, I, since I was in abortion work for so long, I was just like, this is something that I want to be able to like provide for people. So a lot of my abortion doula, and I haven't had many abortion doula clients, but sometimes it's just like helping them navigate the landscape of abortion since it can be so complicated and confusing and people are like I don't actually know like what's an independent clinic what's a Planned Parenthood clinic like where where can I get funding small things like that that can make a huge difference especially when you're like going through something that can be really stressful like I've never even thought about that yeah I feel, no oh, man it's, I feel I just like I such feel, a privileged right? jerk uh, <laughs> because yeah you know obviously if I'm in a situation where I need an abortion it's because mm-hmm. something is either like terribly mm-hmm wrong with mm-hmm. with the baby or someone from the future came and said you're carrying the next Hitler and I'm then crying. I have to, <laughs> I have to <laughs> make a choice but mm-hmm. I always thought like oh that abortions were pretty straightforward but now that I know like it was almost a year ago that Cecilia and I were like okay we're ready to start IVF wow and just between like figuring out all the different components and even now if someone asks me too many questions I'm like <laughs> I don't know like this is very it's just like a lot of information to take in Mm -hmm. a lot of appointments a lot of coordinating even with the insurance Mm -hmm. there are some things that are still like confusing that we have to get like authorizations on and Mm -hmm. calling and like different pharmacies carry different things it's a mess so I guess I always thought oh abortion Planned Parenthood (laughs) pretty straightforward but it's not no yeah there's there's so many small things that I think yeah you don't really think about when you're not because again like abortion for whatever reason is like separate from the healthcare conversations a lot of times it's not something unless like you have had experience with abortion you're really thinking about the way that we think about other you know medical procedures but yeah like most abortions are provided by independent clinics I think it's like 60% or something which are non-Planned Parenthood clinics and it's also kind of tough because Planned Parenthood you know like they're when you think of abortion I feel like they're the first group that you think about so they get a lot of attention which means you know they got a lot of hate but they also get like a lot of funding and things Mm so independent clinics sometimes are like operating on their own but maybe in a community where they're getting still the same amount of like attacks and hate but don't have the same platform to like fundraise or anything so like small things like that. Um, and then also like there are two ways you can have an abortion. You can have like an in-person abortion, which is like a suctioning. And you can have uh, an at-home abortion, which is a medication abortion. And so yeah. some people will get oh, abortion right. doulas. Yeah, for that, which is like, because that can be, that's a little bit more intense on the body because you essentially like induce labor. Yeah. Um, and so some people just like want someone there to talk through it. Or some people like want like the physical support of like, oh, I'm going to be having these terrible cramps. Like, can you give me advice on how to deal with that? So little things like that. Um, and then also like people who have self-managed abortions where they're getting an abortion outside of like a medical setting, however that happens. Um, like I am also like provide that resource where you can like call me and I can direct you to resources or help you answer questions to the best that I can. Like I don't give any medical advice, but. So what's I, that like riding a horse? Yeah. Like. <laughs> self-managed abortion. Yeah. <laughs> Just some, like, <laughs> I've never heard that, but I'm going to definitely bookmark <laughs> that one. 
<laughs> some people will like find like medication abortion pills like online. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, which is can be really that's- much cheaper. And then there are other like witchy like someone for my birthday actually got me like a book that was like spells and potions to have oh, abortions. I love it. That's the I best know. Book. What Isn't a great that so gift. Good? I love the yes. witchy doula yoga yes. scene. And like honestly, I've met doulas since I've moved here just because I started going to this yoga center oh, where there, yeah. I just started meeting a lot yoga. of like doulas there and people who did sound baths. Like all these communities are all kind of yes, like intertwined right, the in Reiki the city. Community yes. in the oh yeah, we're all all the holistic wellness. <laughs> yes, I love it. Folks. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I don't, I don't know about the how effective those ones are, but I mean, there are options. Riding a horse probably is yeah. somebody's option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Uh, I always think of that uh, movie from a while back, uh, Riding in Cars with Boys, where Drew Barrymore is like pregnant and she throws herself down a staircase, <gasps> but like she's very not committed to throwing herself down a staircase because it's like scary. <laughs> so it's kind of a way if you're like hesitantly tumbling gently downstairs wow. and it's one of the funniest <laughs> scenes in I a movie. I forgot about that scene. I, I mean I was so young when I watched it but it was that funny and like crazy that it stuck <laughs> with me and whenever I think of somebody trying to give themselves an abortion I just think of like <laughs> Drew Barrymore throwing herself down <laughs> half-heartedly. Yeah. Throwing herself downstairs. Ooh, speaking of movies, have you seen like doulas represented in media, like in any like TV no. shows or movies? Okay. Yeah, well, no, sometimes there was randomly a Bob's Burgers episode where just like some Yay. truly like one line character was like, I'm a physicist and a doula. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think I've seen it in like in like a mainstream way at all. And this was the thing that really like blew my mind. Just learning about birth and how it's portrayed on TV is so different than how it actually happens. Like your water doesn't I mean it Tell breaks us. but it's not like gush of liquid and also yeah. when your your water might break well into you being in labor or your water might break and you still way have before. a long way to go yeah yes and yeah. so it's like labor isn't that like but it's like a really great screen effect obviously to have someone like pour juices out their body right and yeah. be like oh yeah they're in labor yeah so like little things like that where I was like oh damn like this is so different than what I thought it was but I feel like the media has done such a terrible job of portraying how labor actually goes which is such a detriment to people like if yeah. you don't get a childbirth education class and all you've ever seen is what birth looks like in like movies and tv you don't really have a great picture of like what that experience might be like for you like it takes a really long time there's so many different stages it is not re- i've sometimes i see births on tv and it's like someone's in a full face of makeup and i'm like yeah i <laughs> oh, guess yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that seems that would have been my mom i'm pretty sure <gasps> my mom <laughs> I would be shocked if my mom didn't have a full face of makeup. That's when she... hilarious. Oh, really? I was also <laughs> born. I was yes, also born on New Year's Day, so oh, okay. Uh, she, she was different to look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was probably <laughs> you know <laughs> keeping sequenced. her options open, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not knowing how the night was going to turn out. <laughs> Yeah, it I does. did. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, you did. <laughs> I was just going to say it looks horrific on TV. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I also, I once had a client who like <laughs> knew exactly the moment when she wanted her wig taken off in birth. So I think there are some people who are thinking about it. She was like, as soon as, you know, when I'm ready to start pushing, then I'll take my wig off. But <laughs> there are cameras there and things. So, right. Well, now know. everything is so much about Instagram and social media and appearances of The amount of, of FaceTimes at births that I've seen. And that was the thing I feel like Ooh. I just really was not expecting. I was like, I didn't really plan oh, on wow. like the cousins who were like <laughs> and, like I guess this is how it would happen now but it's weird I saw a video of my sister's c-section 
And when they do it, it's like there's kind of a curtain blocking. So I could just see like the top of her head of where her husband was standing taking the video. Yeah. And then you just see this like baby come up out of her body. And it is the most insane thing. And I was... (laughs) It was like an hour of me freaking out <laughs> after watching it, but just like mind being blown, being like, that's insane. That's I been know. In there. I- What's the craziest part of births for me every time where I'm like, I've seen this before. Like, why am I still shocked? Is when you can literally see the belly like start to descend. And it's just crazy to look at Oh, it. man. The stomach just it's moves south nuts. as the baby gets lower and gets ready to like leave the body. And I'm like, there is a full human inside of you. Yes. It also makes me really, and I, I mean, I feel like I got into astrology where I feel like a lot of queers got like, you know, just yeah. sort of. A bunch absorbed. of listeners just like stopped whatever they're doing. <laughs> Yeah. I know. They just pulled over on the side of the road. I, know. <laughs> I like know my full chart. I know what it all means. But then sometimes I'm at birth and like I see someone get born and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> this is going to determine your personality for the rest of your life. Yeah. There are, yeah. So that sometimes mm. I'm like, that's a real dissonance in my head that I'm working through right now. Yeah. And I believe in astrology and be a birth doula. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it so if you have like a scheduled uh, C section and you feel like maybe your horoscopes don't really (laughs) resonate. That's uh, true. Maybe it's because your moon, if your rising doesn't check out and you had a C section, you should be a horoscope doula. Is it? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. I'm, that's my next yep. career <laughs> Next <move> chapter. <laughs> uh, horoscope. T- <laughs> uh, that's also a web series. <laughs> yeah. Susan, the horoscope doula. That's going to be <laughs> the title. Uh, Susan. Ooh. Every character I write is named Susan. Or uh, Rosie. Or Rosie. <laughs> oh, my God. Rosie O'Donnell delivering a baby in Now and Then is one of my favorite <laughs> movie birth Whoa. scenes do you remember that yes no. i do remember it because at the queer film theory show which is all about like queer subtext uh this comedian connor cragen did uh now and then i wanted to do now and then when i did that show but i couldn't because he couldn't. had already done it oh. gay men always <laughs> just trying to steal our thunder <laughs> now and then is you should leave that for queer women, uh, <laughs> leave it for the dykes. Sorry, have you seen Now and Then? I have seen yeah. Now and Then. I love Rosie O'Donnell. Well, it's about friendship between four women, so clearly a dyke Aww. movie. Yeah. And Rosie Aww. O'Donnell's in it. And, and originally, in the original script, she was supposed to end up gay. Um, but then oh. the movie studio changed it at the last minute yes, because yes, it checks yes, yes. in with these four mm. friends growing up in the late seventies in Indiana, their best friends, um, mm. going on adventures. And then it like plays with time flashes to present mm. day, which was like at the time, like the mid nineties. Yes. So it was really controversial, but originally Rosie O'Donnell was uh, the tomboy in the group played by R- Christina Ricci. Yeah. Mm. She was supposed to end up a lesbian, but, um, they, at the last minute hold it but oh. she looks she, like such a lesbian she binds her in chest in <laughs> yeah. it yeah she oh, has like, scenes of her binding her chest wait, uh, fighting boys yeah. what <laughs> yeah oh my god I thought Turk in Tarzan was the gayest character she played in the 90s but I guess I'm <laughs> so wrong <laughs> wow <laughs> no, well so Christina Ricci binds her chest but but like oh, Rose, okay. but, but, but Rosie yeah yeah okay. but Rosie mm-hmm. is still so the the queer subtext in it is like her her friend who is it Thora Birch is that the name yeah. of that yeah okay so Thora Birch Teeny? Yeah, is is her friend. And she says something like, when I grow up, I'm going to marry a doctor. And then Christina Ricci's character becomes a doctor. 
because she's in love with her the whole oh, movie. Yeah, she's clearly in love with her. Movie. And then when Let's like the out. birth is happening, yeah. it's like the husband's like nowhere to be. He's like barely there. Yeah. And and it's like <laughs> you you would think just based on the like little that they show that like Rosie and her live together because she knows her way around the kitchen mm. and is just very at home there and then mm. delivers her baby. Delivers her baby. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, so, that to the list. so close yeah. yet so far to be that close to the <laughs> she, right there, yeah, right in front there. of that vagina, right there. Um, uh, yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good watch. Is there anything else about doulas you want the diking out world to know? I think it's like really important to examine, like especially if you have a uterus, just like what that's like for you. And I think there is just not enough discussion around bodies in that way, and it's like such an for important sure. part of your health. Yeah. And if you are interested in birth justice, especially if like you're in New York City, there is such like an amazing movement happening. Um, and if you're not in New York City, like check out what's going on in your community. And if you're interested in being a doula, that's the other thing. Try and be a doula. It's like really, I think, a really accessible way of like getting involved in if you're interested in health work or if you're interested in, yeah, like wellness, all these types of things. Or if you're interested in meeting other queers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, apparently it's a yes. great way to meet. Yes. Some yeah. If you're single and looking for a lady <laughs> who knows her way around yes! <laughs> your anatomy. <laughs> Find a doula. <laughs> Is there like an online resource for people to go kind of start to look into? Dueling? Yeah. There are a couple of places. Like I'm trained with Dona, Dona International. Um, so you can look up where they're having trainings. If you're in New York, like I know you mentioned Ancient Song. I love mm-hmm. them. I'm not involved with their work, but they are, yeah, community-based. Just do a lot of really great work in birth justice and birth advocacy. They also have an amazing like prison doula program where they provide doulas to incarcerated pregnant people. I love that. Oh, I know. It's, beautiful. No, it's truly amazing. It's another wow. thing that's on my, like, I would love to do that. Yeah. This doula world it's so is gay. beautiful. I just <laughs> want to live inside of it. It's, I'm like, what, it prison? It is so gay. So gay. It's yeah, the most right? supportive. Also, Erica Badu is a doula. Just yes. Oh my so, god, I can't believe we didn't what? bring that up. Literally, anybody could be. We're a doula. obsessed we with about her vagins. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. About... and she doulaed for Slick Woods, who's that wow. beautiful rapper, the Gap Teeth and the yeah. shaved head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or model. I don't know if she's a rapper. Oh anyway, god. what wow. can she do? Honestly? I know. Okay. One last quick question. Mm-hmm. If you know about how does the state of doulery in <laughs> the U.S. compare to like the international community? Like where Ooh. is doulaing a mm-hmm. uh, very big, you know, is it like bigger in Europe? Have they been onto doulas all along or like in Africa or, you know, wherever? I feel like a lot of cultures just like, I mean, birth has been happening literally forever. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> right. Since birth has been happening. Right. So I imagine that many, many cultures. Like, I know Egypt has a similar thing. All the cultures that I know of, like, Egypt. I have a friend who told me about um, this huge doula scene in Amsterdam. So... I, there are doulas are also Mexico. There's a great technique that a lot of doulas use called rebozo, and I'm pretty sure that originates in Mexico. So I assume they have a great brand. Basically, it's everywhere. It is everywhere that you want it to be. That's such a <laughs> cheesy thing, corny thing to say, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're all called doulas, but and the last thing I'll say is that you should definitely question like medicine and the healthcare system, and it's yeah. really important to advocate for yourself. Not everybody gets a doula. I wish I had a dentist doula. Because I'm always scared of oh going to the dentist, God. and I'm like, I yeah, me too. Right? I have right? a lot of issues going to the yes, dentist. Yes, yes, wow. and just like you know, the ways that they make assumptions, the ways that they believe or disbelieve your experience or your pain. I think it's been a great yes. skill to practice just being like, wait, this feels wrong. Let me like say something about it. I think 
you've hit on something really important because we're not really taught to be advocates uh, for ourselves or to call on the help of somebody to be mm-hmm. an advocate. And, you know, we're raised in a society where you're told to, to trust uh, authority and doctors. Blindly trust doctors. Yeah, yeah. blindly <laughs> trust doctors. I mean, I, I had a surgery once that I shouldn't have had uh, mm. and my pediatrician found out about it afterwards and was like, why... Oh. Why didn't you talk to me first? You you didn't need that. But for the other doctor, you know, that was how much money, like thousands mm-hmm. of dollars that he could yeah. get reimbursed from insurance companies. Right. And it's like really crazy. And you have to question what motivates the decisions because I think that what's best for you is secondary. And what they can get away with that's safe is mm-hmm. what the doctor will do mm-hmm. first. You know, it's like... Do no harm, but what's a way to do no harm but make the most money? Yeah, especially in a capitalistic. In a capitalistic. Yeah. And like avoid yeah. getting sued. Since and avoid you know. getting sued, yeah. <laughs> it is time for our listener question. And as a reminder, we've been getting a lot of listener questions in, but if you want to be added to the queue, you can send it to dykingout at gmail.com. Absolutely. And this week's listener question is a good one. It came in from overseas, right? Yes, one, from the UK. This one comes from the UK, Ooh. and it goes like this. I was engaged before I met my current girlfriend. The wedding was paid for and everything was set. However, the engagement was broken off when my ex came home from work out of the blue and told me that I didn't love her enough. So she was leaving me. It turned out she was sleeping with an older, married, supposedly straight woman from her work. I was understandably devastated and a bit embarrassed. <laughs> However, a while after that, I met my current girlfriend and now realize what a healthy and exciting relationship is like. Mm. And we've been together for nearly three years and it's so much fun. It feels like we just met. Yeah. (laughs) Being 31, I'm getting a lot of pressure off of my mates and my family (laughs) to get engaged. I think she'd say yes if I asked her. But the only reason I wouldn't is because I'm scared of what happened last time. Things are so good and I don't want to change anything. Yet, it sort of feels like a natural progression. Should I let my initial engagement dictate what I do now? Mm. That initial engagement was so messy. Yeah, Yeah, it shouldn't dictate shit. Yeah, don't (laughs) let that cunt. And I... (laughs) Use that word sparingly, but uh, don't let that cunt dictate uh, what you do in this relationship. She that that is mean. That's yeah. Yeah. That is that's destructive. You to don't blame her. Yeah. You don't love me enough. No. But really, she was cheating. Yeah, that's Ugh. psychotic. A hex. But what is the supposedly straight her. woman's? Yes, deal? I know. Oh my god, <laughs> wait. Married. This is what's her face from? Have you watched all the L word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one who Dylan. ends up dating Jane Lynch's character. Oh, Sybil Shepherd. Yes, Sybil Shepherd. Yes, oh, Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. This is Sybil and she dates Alice. Yes, Alice. Yes, Alice. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, I was thinking yes. Alice. She All right. through Bet, but she's yes. Yeah, Alice. right, right. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh my oh, god, that was that, that was yeah. fun. I like when her and Jane Lynch got together. Me but too. okay, but back to oh, you, yeah. the listener. Yeah. <laughs> the listener's like, this happens all the time. <laughs> Every time I tell people about my life, they start talking about the L word episode. <laughs> it's like, listen, honey, that's what we're all dealing with. I know. Um, uh, no, especially now that Persians are on the L word. Yeah, Melody's life has changed. Percent more about relatable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but the one thing that I will say from your question it sounds like the reasons you want to get engaged aren't because you're excited 
to do mm-hmm. it, it's because you feel like, oh, well, I guess that's the next step or I'm getting pressure from my family. So I think it's important to figure out what you actually want. Yeah. And I feel like there are ways to demonstrate, like to to take relationships to the next level that, you know, aren't marriage or like reliant on like an institution. And I think if you are feeling really excited about this person, yeah, maybe there's a way to have that conversation and see like what works best for you too. But yeah, I feel like the, it sounds like there's a lot of external pressure, Um, even though there's a lot of love there and a lot of commitment and devotion. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, you're in a great relationship. And I think that if you, if you do really want to marry her, and you want to be in a marriage with her, that's a great reason to get engaged. Not because you Mm. feel like that's necessarily the next thing, but because you were engaged once before, it sounds like maybe you are a person who does want to be married and that marriage is an institution that that you want to be a part of. And that's great too. So honestly, it's whenever you're ready, but I wouldn't Mm. let the fear of what this other person did. And honestly, you have to view that as a blessing. I know it sounds horrible and traumatic, and I'm sure it sucked at the time, but what a blessing. Dodged a bullet there. Yes, you dodged a huge bullet. Imagine had you gotten married, you would have been miserable. It would have been so much more gut-wrenching, and now you've been given this Mm. opportunity. Now you've found somebody who it seems like you're so in love with, and... I think you'll just know when it's when it's right, you know, as somebody who has proposed to two people, uh, you know, sometimes you just you just know and are like, all right, you know, I want to do it. Take the next step. Yeah. And 31 is still young. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that just because I'm 31 Um, (laughs) (laughs) and still not married. It's it's fine. (laughs) I also wonder if, like, maybe this is a conversation that you have with your girlfriend right now, talking about engagement. Also, kind of, like, do you, did you talk about engagement before you proposed? I've always yes. wondered this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And definitely talked about all of it. I mean, you know, stereotypical lesbians over communicating mm. things, even though my first marriage was with somebody who didn't like to communicate much, but there were, you know, but I did want to make sure that that was something. I had always thought that I wanted to be married and especially once it was legalized that there's something about having it feel settled that is important for me. And I wanted to make sure that that was known because if I was with somebody who didn't want that, Mm. then again, you know, I almost let my... I wasn't going to talk about it, but I am. I almost let my uh, ex-wife dictate my thoughts on marriage. I mean, it's a little bit different, but after that marriage ended, I was like, oh, I should never get married again. And then I'm like, why Why let that experience, mm, yeah. you know, affect what I'm having with this other person who I'm so clearly meant to be with and want to spend my life with and start a family with and, and all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just know. You'll I know. Mean, you know, you also never 100% know. Uh, the human mind is great like that, that you're you're always thinking what if, but uh, sometimes just make a decision too. <laughs> so we were not helpful at all. You're welcome. So uh, yeah. feel it out. Feel it out. <laughs> just vague advice. Just go with the vibe. and <laughs> Yeah. And you know what? If, if you get engaged and things go bad, then you're two for two and uh, you can write a book about it and then (laughs) yeah you can start a podcast (laughs) 
uh, and answer someone else's question. Now all these people are going to be replying to their emails being like, never mind, please don't answer my question <laughs> anymore. Not helpful. Thank you for writing in. We appreciate it. Best of luck. And it sounds like you're in a great place and we are happy for you. Yes. Solange, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Solange and then N-A-Z. How much doolery is in your stand-up and your comedy I like and sh- writing? I'm Right now I'm writing like a pilot about doulas um, that has been so Great. fun. And like, yeah, nice. it just feels like Well, apparently it's much needed. Yeah, it's like such a struggle. It's not really that big of a struggle, but like, you know, I respect my clients' privacy. So I try not, I'd never give details about True. births yeah. that I can put in context. But I think there are also so many funny things about births. So I like talk just about those things yeah Um, but my social media content sadly i feel like is not as doula heavy as i think some other doulas are it's like all baby pictures and mine i feel like it's just memes so (laughs) well you're amazing and interesting and funny outside of your profession too so not everything has to be doula centric (laughs) yeah and i i can't believe i didn't bring it up this whole time but um solange went to harvard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> stock much Whoa, that That's wasn't true. in the email exchange sometimes yeah. Harvard puts out a milky Pete Buttigieg yeah. and sometimes it puts out a badass Aww. queer black doula we love I know. Wow. It's like if only we could control it a little bit better. It'd be great if we could like put a Pete Buttigieg in and have a Solange come out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Nice <laughs> exchange. Cool. Uh, thank you so much for yeah, thank diving you so much out for with having us. Me. So, this is an incredible podcast, and I'm so glad I got to be on. You can thank follow you. us, listeners, if you're not already. If you're not already, what? What are you doing? (laughs) Follow us at Diking Out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And we post different things in different places. So do it. Do it. And you can also go on Patreon uh, slash Diking Out if you want to get like an enamel pin or temporary tattoos or extra content. Our Diking Off Topic episodes are there. Or if you just want to show some love and support us as we try to travel to more cities together and put shows on outside of New York because we know a lot of you want that and that obviously costs money so that's the kind of stuff that our patreon helps fund and uh we're trying to buy some new mobile equipment so that we can really have a better reach and get guests from all different places even though new york is just uh so many dykes Mm -hmm. so many dykes (laughs) that who have been great and informative and wonderful but we're we're expanding here so patreon.com slash diking out and Melody where can people find you they can find me on all the social meds at Melody Kamali and I'm at TGI Carolyn and you won't find pictures of my wife's vagina there because <laughs> that's on the Patreon that's on Patreon <laughs> <laughs> thank you for diking out with us this week dike out with us again bye bye, bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.